Hey podcast, Claire here for episode 91 here of our show on the Yours Chuli podcast. If you are new to our show, welcome. Be sure to hit subscribe if you're like, who the heck are you speaking to me through my speakers? My name is Claire Tuning. I am a non-diet registered dietitian and I'm here to bring some messages for you around food and eating through a non-diet diet culture lens. So I'm really happy that you're here, whether this is the first time you're joining us or the 91st and counting time you are joining us. Thank you from my quarantined home to yours for spending a little bit of time with me. But speaking of quarantine, before we get into our episode and our goal slayer post of the week and introing our guest, maybe it could be fitting to do a little update, like I said, from my quarantined home to yours. I'm recording this about a week and a half before it airs, but I do believe I am correct in saying when this episode comes out, I think for most of us, for myself at least, will be about two months into quarantine, which is really wild to think about. You know, I was thinking the other day, if you would have told me like a year ago that there's going to be a time in all of our futures where we just like don't leave our houses other than to get essential items, I probably would have been like, what the heck, you are lying. (laughs) What is happening in the future? But you know, here we all are about two months in. I think we're learning new things about ourselves daily, or at least I am. I know I'm learning a lot about Netflix and all of the shows there, and I'm getting really comfy here in my home. Part of me wonders if and when, you know, quarantine is lifted and things start to go back to quote unquote normal, if I'll be able to handle that, if any of us will be able to handle it. I don't know. Do you ever kind of wonder, you feel like you're sitting here in quarantine and you wonder if you'll be able to hold conversation with like real live 3D human beings other than your family? or your partner, because that is definitely something that I have been wondering about myself recently. But I hope wherever you are listening to this, you are hanging in there, taking care of yourself in any way that you deem fit or appropriate. And as High School Musical once said, we're all in this together. I think when I when I say those words, I literally see the dance in Troy Bolton just like dancing in my head. I don't know. That's what that what comes to my mind. But I am not going to sit here for the entire episode and give cringe jokes, although if you've been here for 91 episodes and counting, you know I could do that, but I won't because as I shared at the beginning of this episode, I have a really awesome guest in conversation that I am so hype to share with you all, but if you've been here before, you know that we have a process and a pattern that we follow here before we get into our guest episode or their talk here on the show, and that is a time here on the podcast where I feature what is called the Yours Julie Goal Slayer post of the week. If you are new here, This is a free private Facebook community that I run that is filled with my clients, both past and present clients, and people who are just in general interested in learning more about intuitive eating and figuring out how to take the principles and make them come to life in their day-to-day lives. So the post that I want to feature from our community today comes from a longtime community member who I'll give a special shout out to when she hears this post 
host. I know she listens to the show. So thank you, Goalslayer, for being here and for asking this really wonderful question that I'm sure many people in our community also have and had, maybe not as much so now that we've answered this, but I know people here on the podcast are probably also wondering something along these lines. So she writes, I'm not sure if any of you can relate, but I'm curious how to go about it. I feel there are so days, I feel there are so days, that's what it says. That might be a little bit of a typo, but I feel like there are days, there we go, especially these days in which I really don't feel very hungry at all. I think it's because of a lack of doing much. There are other days though where I am genuinely so much hungrier, especially on those days that I work. On my hungrier days, I feel that intuitive eating makes sense to me, follow my cues. But on those days when I just don't feel hungry, I kind of feel stuck. For instance, yesterday I ate a full lunch and dinner time came and I genuinely didn't feel any hunger and I felt just disinterested in food. I waited for a few more hours and although I still didn't feel hungry, I decided to nourish my body by eating dinner. And the intuitive eating mindset is eating when not hungry and not craving anything considered the appropriate step when logically it makes sense that the body should need something. Or do you wait until there is some craving or some sort of hunger? And on a side note, when I finally purchased some nut butters the other day, I am literally so happy that I got to a place that I am allowing myself to eat them. I forgot how unbelievably delicious they are. I had a few and the remaining are in my home, causing no extra anxiety. I cannot understand how I didn't have them for so long before this. Why cut out something so delicious away from enjoying? So maybe you who are listening right now, maybe you're nodding your head thinking, well, I've also thought before too, you know, what happens in the intuitive eating approach and mindset when I don't feel hungry? Does that mean I quote unquote shouldn't be eating? If you're a listener of the podcast, you know, I use the word should and shouldn't in heavy air quotes, right? But does that mean I shouldn't eat anything? Is it okay to eat outside of my hunger cue? So I know I have thought this before years ago. I know I have received many questions along these lines. So maybe again, this resonates with you. So I'm a really big fan of the phrase work smarter, not harder. So I took a couple moments to respond to this amazing individual when their post came through. So what I'm gonna do, I'm actually gonna read back my comment to this individual because I don't want to leave you hanging podcast. I know when I bring up a topic and there's a question, the last thing I want to do is leave the question unanswered because what kind of lame would do that, right? So I wrote back to her, first of all, yum on the nut butters because podcast, you know, I cannot let a comment about nut butters go unnoticed in my community. I uh, hope you enjoy them. Secondly, I think this is a great question. I think the intuitive eating message can be easily reduced to the only eat when you feel hungry and stop when you feel full or else. But really it is much more nuanced than that. There are many times when we may choose to eat in the absence of feeling much hunger. For example, in times of celebration, social outings, or wanting to connect with others. Other instances may include preventative eating, aka eating at a time when you may not feel super hungry, but you also know that you won't have the chance to eat again for a while now, and that if you wait, you might be overly hungry at that later point. 
What you're referring to here also fits into the category of times you may need to eat in the absence of hunger. Some days we may not feel strong hunger cues, but logically we know that that doesn't mean that our body doesn't need fuel on those days. Therefore, it makes total sense that we'd want to find something to eat in those times too. So not going to beat a dead horse and elaborate too much off of that answer, but I hope if you take nothing else away from this episode, which I know you will because my guest is incredible, but if you were to pause right now and take nothing else away, I hope you can acknowledge that yes, honoring your hunger and your fullness cues and getting to know those cues are important pieces of your intuitive eating journey, but those are only two principles of the 10. And there are many times where it is totally normal and completely healthy to eat when we're not feeling hunger. And on the flip side of that, it's also okay and normal to sometimes push past fullness for whatever reason. So I think again, in those instances where we're not gonna have the chance to eat for a couple of more hours and we know if we do so, oh my gosh, I'm gonna be famished at that time, then it makes sense. We might wanna eat something when we're not feeling that much hunger to prepare to best honor our body in those cues. Similarly, we know that some days our cues just might not be as loud or as strong or on other days, but again, logically, we know that the body just doesn't stop needing fuel on those days. So we can maybe use a little part of our our brain, some logical eating to say, well, I might not be feeling a hunger cue for whatever reason. Maybe it's stress. Maybe it's distraction. Maybe I'm going through a really tough time. Maybe, I don't know, my hormones, my monthly cycles, doing something very interesting. But again, we we have to acknowledge that it's probably in my best interest to still offer my body the energy that I know it needs even when my cues aren't as loud. So long story short, intuitive eating is about acknowledging and honoring your cues. And at the same time, it's about acknowledging when those cues are a little bit harder to get in touch with. We still need to honor our body with fuel and nourishment in those times and on those days as well. So I hope this question lands well for you. Listener, maybe it's something you've been wondering, maybe it's something you can take and implement, but again, Hope it's helpful, take with it and do with it what you will. So now, without further ado, I am so excited to introduce my friend, fellow dietitian, guest of this week's episode of our podcast, Jenna Werner. So you may know her on the gram, on TikTok as Happy Strong Healthy RD. Jenna is someone who I've had the pleasure of knowing for I think about two years now is what you'll hear us kind of determining and figuring out there at the start of our episode. She is someone who I very much look up to in the dietitian field. She is so fun. She's full of energy. In fact, when I think of Jenna, I think of laughter and joy and making food fun again, which is much of what we talk about here in our episode. I think even in the first like two seconds of listening to her speak, you will feel energized and hopefully ready to look at food in a very positive, happy, curious, and experimental way. So I'm going to read a little bit of her bio from her website. So I am checking all of my boxes and giving you a full idea of her and how awesome she is before I hand the mic over to her here on our episode. 
McJenna is a registered dietitian, an online nutrition coach, and a serious food lover. She helps her clients quit dieting forever and fall in love with the way that food makes them feel. She has 15 years of experience as an RD and she feels that she's qualified to help people because she was once in their shoes. She tried the diet, she obsessed over her wellness, she worked out for long times on end and she really didn't like where that brought her. She she has on here on her website I hated myself and I did all of the things and it didn't necessarily lead her to feeling how she wanted to feel in her life or in her relationship with food. But then she started to find a new relationship with food, eat in a way that fueled her body, her mind and her spirit. And now she's at a place where she loves that, she loves herself, she loves the process and she takes those same ideas and offers them over to her clients as well in her work together with them. So again, I'm so excited that you are here hearing uh, this conversation between Jenna and I about how to bring fun and enjoyment back into food. And also we take a little bit of time to answer the burning question that you may have of can intuitive eating and meal planning, can they coexist in the same space? Can they work together or are they complete opposites that can't like even sit sit next to each other I don't know, on the sofa. Is that even an analogy? I'm not sure if that's a true analogy, but you get what I'm saying. We have a lot of really incredible things planned for this episode. So without further ado, here is my conversation about making food fun again with Jenna Werner. Happy, strong, healthy, enjoy. All right, Jenna Werner, welcome to the Yours Truly podcast from my quarantine home to yours. I can't stop smiling. (laughs) And we're smiling about it, but how's your Thursday so far? Is it Thursday? We just talked about this. It is Thursday because today is my email check-in day and that's how I know that. (laughs) But it's good. I can't complain. Honestly, you can literally see like a beam of sunlight coming down from like the skylight over there. And that's just getting me through the quarantine days. I'm wearing my quarantine chic. I have my (laughs) pandemic pimple, as I like to call it, because it's massive, just like this pandemic. And I'm good to go. (laughs) I love it. I love all of like the the verbiage that you you have, like a new language, I feel like. That was like some- by the end of this. (laughs) Yeah, I love it. Um, Well, I'm really excited to have you here on. Uh, For anyone who's listening, Jenna and I are recording this on April 2nd. So who knows what the state of everything is going to look like when this airs a little bit later. But fingers crossed, hopefully maybe we'll be able to leave our homes. But if not, then hey, we have this fun podcast to tune into. So we are in the thick of it right now. (laughs) In the thick of it. But before we dive into a couple of questions about you and a lot of the fun value that I know you are going to provide, we do have a game that we play here on the Yours Truly podcast. It sounds similar to the game that you play on (laughs) Drunk Dietitians, plug for your podcast, but it is called This or That. So are you ready to play? So ready. Okay. First one, very important and near and dear to my heart, peanut butter or almond butter? If you could only have peanut, one. Peanut butter, peanut butter, peanut butter, peanut butter. <laughs> no that was, question. That was very easy for you. You like mm-hmm. did not even hesitate. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, I'm allergic to almond butter, but uh, 
Second, um, peanut butter has always been my first love. Sorry, okay. Matt, who's talking to hear me. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, who are you talking about over there? He's like, like am I, I not your first love? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Second one here. Uh, for anyone who does not know about Jenna's TikTok, we'll have to plug that at the end, but she is queen of the air fryer ideas and recipes. So I have to know. If you could only have one of these kitchen appliances, would you choose oh. air fryer or Instapot? Which one? Oh my God. Air fryer times a thousand because I cannot understand an Instapot. <laughs> I have one and I don't, and I actually was paid once to do an article on it and it took me probably 17 hours to figure out how to actually work it. And by the time I was done with the article, it was like I got paid one penny per, <laughs> per hour you spent the amount of time that it took me to create it. <laughs> I, um, I very much feel that with the Instapot. I got Aiden one for Christmas, and thankfully, he is very much one to like read instructions and understand how to work something because we unboxed it, it, and I was like, oh no. <laughs> like, <laughs> I will not know how to work this until you train me. But even so, there's so many like bells and whistles and things you're not supposed to do or else it'll like, I don't know, implode on you or you might get burned. Literally, so. And that yeah. steam area too, when that goes off, I was like, oh my God, I broke it. <laughs> and I was like, oh wait, that's supposed to happen. But it was yeah. horrible. I, um, I don't personally have an air fryer, but I have to say what? all of your videos, especially the one for anyone who is not in the loop on what we're talking about, you got to go find this video, but you put, <laughs> here's the visual for our listeners, an entire pizza <laughs> in the air fryer and you air fried the pizza. Seven minutes. Seven okay. minutes. That's See, it. I have no idea. Like, if you ask me how does an air fryer work, I have no idea. I do not know the mechanics, but I know that everything you bring out of yours looks delicious. So I think that might uh, be convincing enough for me to add that to my uh, list when we get out of quarantine. <laughs> I was just going to say, I wish that I had like the science like really nailed down to like tell you exactly what was happening in the air fryer. All I know is that if it takes your oven 45 minutes to heat up, the air fryer takes 45 seconds and everything just gets cooked so much faster. So Yes, you can still use oil. People ask me this on um, on TikTok all the time because I'm still spraying my food because you can still use oil. You're just still going to be using like a little less than if you were going to typically fry something and the oil helps it get crunchy on the outside. So I still use oil in it. I'm just not like typically, I'm not frying it in air quotes. It's almost like I'm super roasting. Okay. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So all right. There you have it, uh, podcast listeners. That's our episode. Um, thanks for tuning in to learn about the air fryer. Go get an air fryer. <laughs> this was actually an advertisement. No, totally kidding. It was not. Um, but good to know about that. So next one I have oh, for good. you, we actually, or you made a mention about this before we hit record. Um, these shows, both of which I'm oh. about to talk about, are both guilty pleasures of mine. But if you had to pick one, Love is Blind or The Bachelor. Do you watch both of those? I don't actually watch The Bachelor consistently enough, but Love is Blind has hooked me more than The Bachelor ever has. Yeah. So 100%. My husband actually asked me today if I wanted to have a pod date with him later because in the episode we just watched was the one where they recreated the pods because that's where they had the best conversations. <laughs> with, uh, who was that with? Jessica and Mark, right? That was them, yeah. right? They recreated yeah, 100%. the pods. They recreated the pods. That's the episode that I just finished. So I'm not totally done with it yet, but we watched yeah. that last night and he was <laughs> asking me today. I hate that he's home and can hear me, but he was like... <laughs> 
do you want to have a date later? And I'm like, hmm, what okay. does that mean? <laughs> like, yeah. I, uh, I very much feel the same way about Love is Blind for anyone who's listening who does not watch. Maybe everyone will have watched by the time this rolls out because we won't have anything else to do <laughs> while in our else. homes. But um, it's very much one of those shows that I was like, no, like, I'm not going to watch that. One of my friends was like, you got to. I kept hearing about it all the time. And I was like, no, like, I just can't. And then I watched one and I was like, well, maybe just one more episode. And I was like, I'm hooked. So um, I'm done. Now I follow all of the contestants isn't the right word, but all of the um, show people, the the character, I don't know what the right word is, the cast. There we go. Um, On Instagram. And I'm like in their lives. I I spend way more uh, time than I probably need to be uh, learning about them, but glad to know you're on the the love is blind train as well. I'm actually thinking about like to later, I want to take a walk and then I'm like, maybe I'll walk on the treadmill so that I can actually watch Netflix while I'm walking. <laughs> Love it. Quarantine season okay. is going well. Um, <laughs> next one for you. Would you choose country living or city living? Which one would you prefer? You know, I think that that question I would be like 50 50 on because right now I miss the city so much because I feel like I can't have it. Yeah. And I also live in the suburbs. And country living right now would be so ideal because it's beautiful and like you can look out at all the things, but I feel like I'd get bored. So I'm going to go with city. <laughs> I love how that like process of elimination out loud. <laughs> like, I, 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 I just you where I was coming from. <laughs> I love it. Uh, final one. Now this one is very important. I know we're both Uh-oh. food people and dessert Mm. people as well, but are you a cake person or the icing person? Like talk about a cupcake. Would you rather have the cake part or the icing part? Icing all day. Mm, Same. What kind though? Like if you could only have one type of icing for the rest of your life, what? The funfetti, the Pillsbury funfetti (laughs) out of the container. Like, okay, you went back to like first grade with that answer. Yes, in college we used to buy that and like eat it by the spoonful. <laughs> yeah. I am um, speaking of the ones in the tubs. I it's not the funfetti kind, but I love the cream cheese ones in the tub. Oh, like the cream. I don't know. They're just like a little bit richer, in my opinion. Oh, I'm like gonna drool I'm on like my drooling. And too bad I can't get a delivery from any grocery store for like the next 45 days. So we'll have to. Put Put it on the after quarantine list. (laughs) (laughs) I have like, I don't, I mean, again, I don't know when, what, where we will be when this launches, but, um, I'm been using like four different apps to try and like get grocery deliveries. And it's like, my cousin called it like getting a golden ticket (laughs) when you finally get like whole foods to say, okay, you can have this window of time. I'm like, oh my goodness. It's the little things that we take for granted that I will never take for granted again. Yeah. How about that as a lesson learned coming out of this or that, <laughs> right? We can wrap it and, and put that the, the end note there. We went from fun, fetty icing to counting our blessings in a matter of 30 seconds. That was incredible. And we've ended the podcast twice now. <laughs> You're welcome, podcast family. Um, well, that kind of concludes my this or that segment. So for those listening, you know, a little bit more about Jenna, happy, strong, healthy than maybe you did about 10 minutes ago. But Jenna, I'd love for you to share if anyone does not know you yet or wants to get to know more about you. Would you let us know a little bit about who you are and what maybe brought you into becoming a dietitian? 
Sure. Well, first of all, I'm super excited to be here. So thank you for brightening up my quarantine day. Um, and second, so my name is Jenna Warner. I'm a registered dietitian, as Claire said, and my Instagram and brand is Happy Strong Healthy. Um, I actually started out as a dietitian, you know, straight from college. I remember going into the guidance counselor, which is not called guidance counselor when you're in college, but in the, um, what would it be called? Like a the career advisor. There we go. Advisor. The advisor. Thank yeah. you. So like the freshman orientation advisor was like, you're in the College of Health and Human Development. Like why? And I'm like, I don't know. It just seemed like, you know, I could find something here that I like. And she was like, well, tell me what you like. Like, what do you want to be when you grow up? I was like, I have no idea. And she's like, name things that you like. And I'm like, food. <laughs> and she's like, okay. Like what else? And I'm like, people. And so from that, she was basically like, well, I have a great path for you. It's called being a dietitian, this and that. I never knew what a dietitian was. Um, my dad was with me and he's a businessman. And he was like, well, is there like a business track she could take for that? And the lady was like, no. And he's like, well, maybe you should like find something that has like business as like a fallback because you really suck at science. And I was like, you're right. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, So from there, I did actually a weird route. I did hotel, restaurant, and institutional management as half of my degree because it had like the management business classes in like a food way. Mm -hmm. um, and then I double majored in nutrition as well. So after college, I remember specifically the first job offer I got was to be a food service manager in a hospital. And I just remember telling my dad that I was going to be like basically doing dishes <laughs> with my degree. And he was like, but you got so good at science. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was like this a total like turnaround from it. But you know, listen, that would have been a great job, but I'm happy that I did end up actually going into clinical for quite some time. So I've actually been a dietitian registered as an RD for 12, 11 years now. And, um, so then add dietitian, meaning part of schooling as well for like 15. So in my career world, I spent four, five years in clinical. I did long-term care for three. Um, and then I was in the actual hospital system for about a year and a half. So close to five years in the clinical space. And then I actually was in the grocery store um, as a retail dietitian. So at the time that I transferred over to that space, that was like not a thing yet. And I was one of the first um, in a store where like, I really credit my love for food coming to life and like coming to fruition because I would literally like on an hour where I had nothing to do, I would walk the aisles and just like learn about food, learn about packaging, learn what these brands were sharing, what they weren't sharing, you know, learn about product placement in the grocery store, like what those end caps really mean. Like why are some products on the bottom shelf, the top shelf, you know, learn about like the ins and outs of the produce department. And like that in my grocery store, there was like an exotic section, like what was there and like, what were the things that people just like, don't ever go and look at. Um, and I would get to just like try things all day long because I could, you know, a part of my job was to know what we had, right? And be able to talk about it. So I was able to just like open up a bag of something and taste it and share it with somebody or like, you know, crack open a coconut from the exotic section to like show a kid what's on the inside and like show it was like the coolest job. Um, and so from there, I actually went on to become the manager of a team of dietitians, which is where I met my co-host of my podcast, Sammy. Um, so she, connect. Went, <laughs> right. The connection. So she, I remember her coming in and I was, 
um, in a store at the time and quickly right after she joined in became her manager. And that was where our love affair began. Um, but that being said, I got to do a lot of um, connecting with brands and learning about brand endorsements with, um, with customers and, you know, what's attractive to clients and customers in the store, um, what we could do from brands to help them kind of like connect with people more. And so long story short, all of that took me away from connecting with people. And so I started my private practice soon after that, was doing both for a little while and went full time about two and a half years ago, three years ago now. Um, private practice, my brand changed from happy, slim, healthy, and I credit that to being quite disordered myself in the nutrition space yeah. to happy, strong, healthy. Um, and my journey in nutrition, I share a lot on Instagram about my own personal struggles with diet culture and nutrition and fitness and, you know, finding my healthy space um, to where I am now, which is helping women that are very similar to me that want to achieve and understand what food freedom really means, um, want to learn to love food again, want to have a healthy relationship with food and want to feel good. What I always like to tell people is like, that it is possible to feel good before, during and after eating. And that starts with having a healthy relationship with food. Um, so that's me. Did I answer your question? <laughs> you totally answered my question. And for, for everyone listening, how long have we known each other? Are we like a year and a half, maybe going on two years now? Close to two. Yeah. And we've met in, in person multiple times. I mean, we've hung out and I learned a couple of new things about you just from you kind of sharing your story. <laughs> I never realized that you started out on that track, kind of split with nutrition and something else. And then that you did clinical. Yeah. In my mind, I always envisioned you coming directly over from the retail space because I know that's where you and, and Sammy met. But um, that, that's yeah. very cool that you've kind of done a little bit of it all. And now you I'm have older than family. <laughs> <laughs> but now you have evolved and you have your brand. And I, I'd love to maybe dive into a little bit here in a moment, kind of the evolution. Cause you mentioned, you know, I had this brand and this theme that was maybe a little bit disordered in my own thinking. And then you've really transitioned it to being happy, strong, healthy, and focusing on food from the fun and the satisfaction and the enjoyment perspective. And side note, I, I haven't released the episode currently when we are recording this, but for anyone who's listening to this episode, Sammy, who we are talking about was actually on my podcast a couple episodes ago. So go back and check that out. But one thing that I would love to know from you kind of spiraling off of your story there, you mentioned that you always love to tell people food can be fun. It is possible, possible to feel good before, during, and after eating. But I'm kind of wondering from your perspective, since you talk about food being fun, and enjoyable so much like why maybe for some of us in the world that we live in has food become something that is not fun that is not enjoyable that we don't feel good around there like I'm curious from your perspective how did we get here I love this question so much because I think right now it couldn't be more relevant <laughs> yeah, yeah. because when you can't, and from like a clinical perspective, you think about like a mental health perspective, you know, when you can't control a lot of what's going on in your world, in your life, in your country, <laughs> you know, in the planet, you realize that there's very few things that you can control. And for a lot of people that have not really explored the other facets of what control can mean and be, mm -hmm. you know, food is one of the first to go. 
And when it becomes something that is monotonous and there's a goal attached to it that has a weight connected to it, yeah. the idea of getting there and still enjoying what I'm doing and eating is like not possible because we look at these diets that have associated a weight goal or a number or whatever that is for a person or a feeling and a control of taking something away. And so what a lot of the people that I work with, what we have to do first is really uncouple this idea and unlearn that like food should always be controlled. Not that food needs to control us ever, but like we don't, we can just both live in peace. Like the, I see this like huge box behind me right there. Like that's full of like um, kettle corn <laughs> because when I <laughs> world was ending. I needed my kettle corn, right? So, um, but like that's there. And when I want it, I have it. And it doesn't like call my name, like Jenna, I can see you all day working at your desk, like come have me, right? Like it's this understanding that when the food is there and when we want to eat it, we can, we live in peace with each other. And so I think that for me, I've always loved food because food to me means family. It means family meals together. It means sitting at a table with my grandpa. It means having ice cream with my dad. It means sharing cookies with my brother. Um, or for my husband, it means like the two of us having meals together, like it's together time. And I think for a lot of people, when they start controlling their food intake, it takes away their relationship a lot as well. Yeah. And like that special bond with those people. And when that happens, you equate food to not be fun anymore because you can't enjoy it because you're not enjoying the times that you're eating it. And so with a client that I actually just finished her check-in right before this, her goal of the week was to have dinner with her family, yeah. not to make her own meal, to eat what her family was eating and to sit down for a family meal because that's how you relate food to a smile on your son's face when he eats broccoli for the first time and it's like, oh, I actually like this or whatever it was, yeah. right? You know, like that's how food becomes fun in that perspective. Plus the fact that like food is delicious and when you realize that food is fuel and food is energy and food is nothing is off limits, like you can start flavoring your foods with like really delicious things and make it taste different all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love all of that so much. And something that comes to my mind as you're talking, something that I say, I use those words unlearn and uncouple a lot in a lot of my own messaging and all of my clients who are listening are like, oh, there she goes again. <laughs> there she goes with those words. But I use those two words a lot because we're really taught and fed for lack of a better word or pun intended. Pun intended. By, <laughs> ah, there we go. Couldn't make it through an episode without slipping a pun. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> we learn in, in the diet culture that we live in that food is one dimensional, right? Like you were mentioning, food is something that we do to get to a goal, right? It's not fun. It's not flavorful. It's something that we restrict. We count, we quantify it, right? And it makes sense when I'm describing it in that very like militaristic sense of this is what we do. We count it. We track it. It always looks like this. It's not flavorful. It's macro. It's a point. It's yes. a calorie. It's not a, a meal, right? Yeah. yeah. It, it makes total sense to me kind of getting back at the question, like why food has become not fun and kind of what you're describing is this multi dimensional relationship where 
it is fuel and it's energy, but it's connection and it's memory and it's flavor and it's texture and all of these things. So my next question for you, I think this kind of builds off what we're talking about quite beautifully, but I would love to know because something that I try to do on this podcast when I have guests on is I try to take these conversations and boil them down so that someone who is listening is like, yep, I can take that and I can apply it or I can do this thing. So let's say someone is listening and they're like nodding their head. Like, okay, I want food to be more fun for me. I want it to be enjoyable. I want it to be a memory. Like you were talking, eating ice cream with your grandpa, I think it was what you said. What are maybe one or two tips that someone can take and implement, whether they're small, whether they're big steps to make food more fun and more enjoyable in their day-to-day life? I don't want to like get ahead of ourselves because I know you wanted to talk about this next, but I'm going to bring in the idea of like having food prepared Totally, because to me, I believe, first of all, I hate the word meal prep, but it's, it's a definition just like the word diet defines like what we eat in a day. Meal prep means prepped food, right? And so diet culture has ruined that term. However, we're going to take it back right now because what it actually means in my brain and how you can start making food more fun and enjoyable for yourself is having food prepared helps take away some of the stress about what am I going to eat when I'm hungry, right? Mm -hmm. So for me personally, having something like a box of pasta, like I personally love bonza. If that's not your jam, you cook whatever pasta you like, but like having something like that cooked and ready to go, I always know that I, I love it when I eat it. But if I'm really hungry, and I'm in that mode of like, it's lunchtime, I'm, I'm so excited to eat, and I open the fridge and nothing's ready for me, and I have to boil the water and then cook the pasta and then rinse it because it gets that like beany thing on top, <laughs> right? And like separate it and then eat it. At that point, I've either lost my luster or my like excitement about eating, or I have, you know, eaten something else that I didn't enjoy as much or got into something else and just like didn't feel great after that, whatever it was, like I lost that excitement that I was building about the meal that I was going to have. So for me, the first thing that I would recommend is like spend a little bit of time. It doesn't need to be an hour. Spend six minutes, 12 minutes. It takes like six to boil, six to actually like cook the pasta. Spend 12 minutes and have something that you love ready in your fridge so that when you are ready to eat a meal, when you are in tune with your hunger, like I know you talk about, Mm -hmm. and you know it's time to eat, you know, it's ready for you to then scoop into whatever else you're eating it with, right? And I think that's a big thing. It's like we rely on, you know, oh, whatever, when I'm hungry, I'll just figure out something to eat. And when we rely on just like figuring it out to some extent, a lot of time gets wasted. And I'm a big person of like, I I know that time is not something that we can ever get back. And I've wasted so much time in my life, like hating myself or hating the process that like, if I could give back to my clients, like a gift of time, even if it's 12 minutes of not wasting that time, like figuring out what to eat, like I want to do that. And so that's a big one. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, that makes total sense. And I've never thought about it in the way, because I would love to go down more of the idea of can meal prepping and intuitive eating live in the same space. But before we get there, I have to say the way that you're describing this of kind of having some of the fun and the enjoyment of food stolen or diminished if you open the fridge and nothing's there, right? Because I can totally understand from that perspective, food is stressful and food is a burden if it's always like, oh, what do I have to make? Or how much time is this going to take? So I love that you're kind of approaching this idea of meal prepping and this word that diet culture has tainted. Horrible. Like you say, (laughs) really, it's just, I have food prepared. (laughs) It doesn't have to be the tougher. It's ready to go. It doesn't have to be pre-proportioned, but I love the idea that that can make food more fun and more enjoyable and less stressful because it's just one less thing that you have to think about or worry about. So that kind of brings me actually to my next question. This is something that I have addressed kind of in some random Q&A episodes that I've done. I've never done a full episode on this, but a question that I get probably at least once a month in like a DM or from a client. It's like I said a couple of moments ago, can intuitive eating and meal prepping or cooking ahead, can they exist in the same space? And I know my quick and dirty answer to this is of course they can, right? And I really feel that the confusion around this comes from the binary thinking that dieting teaches us, right? It's like, it has to be this way or nothing else, right? The all or nothing. So you kind of gave a little bit of your your answer there, but I know you talk a lot about this in, again, coming back to your TikTok videos. (laughs) Yeah, Um, because it is one thing that you're passionate about giving people back the time and the energy. So kind of from your perspective, if you could elaborate off of what you said earlier, like, can these two things coexist? And what are some maybe hacks or other tips that you offer to make this doable? I love this. And this is like where my, my happiness starts. So this is like, you'll have to cut me off when it's time to stop because I can keep going. But the, the truth of the matter is this, is that when you think about dieting and you think about diet culture and you think about meal prep, the first thing that comes to mind for me is stress. And the second thing that comes to mind for me when I think of meal prep is um, dedicating my whole day to preparing everything that I'm going to eat in an entire week. And I can't stray from that because these are rules that I need to follow. And the rules of the containers need to be boiled, steamed, and hot sauce, right? Because that's what meal prep to diet culture is. It's boiled chicken, steamed broccoli, hot sauce, and maybe some rice if you're lucky, right? So- that needs to be erased from your mind and you don't need to spend a whole day. Whereas when I was like super disordered, I definitely did. But the truth of the matter is, is that you can meal prep in, like I said, 12 minutes or 15 minutes or an hour. And what you do by setting up, setting that time aside, in my opinion, is saving yourself stress throughout the week. Because to some extent, especially when you're starting on this journey and you're starting on the understanding of connecting food to how you feel. The worst thing that can happen in my opinion is that you, you hit this high and like you feel really good and you're starting to listen to your body and your hunger and fullness cues. And like you're in this rhythm where, you know, things are working for you. And then you hit this moment where it's like, 
I don't have anything to eat in my house and nothing sounds good or tastes good. And it's going to take me all this time to then start like eating again. And I'm just going to ignore it. Like we talked about before, right? When like, if you open up your fridge and you see all of these options and you're like, oh my God, I could pair the same foods that I had yesterday. Maybe it's my bonza pasta, my chicken and my air fried vegetables that are already air fried that I can reheat. Right. And I can use like this creamy ranch dressing on top of all of those because yesterday I used balsamic and oil. And now today that meal tastes completely different and it gets me excited again. And it's like, oh, I love that meal. That was so good. Tomorrow I can add Parmesan cheese and marinara sauce to it. And it's a totally different meal. And like, then you keep going. And like, what I tell people is that all you need is the outline of like what makes you feel good and the, a list of the flavors that you love and start mixing and matching. And like when we say mixing and matching, it could be air fried, it could be roasted, it could be steamed, it could be sauteed, it could be raw. It doesn't matter how you cook the vegetables, but if vegetables are part of your journey, which they're part of mine, um, (laughs) you know, you have to find the way that you enjoy eating them because I actually had a client today tell me that, you know, how do I make vegetables more fun because raw isn't fun. And I'm like, Oh no, like they're not fun to me either. Here's a list of things to do in your air fryer (laughs) to make them more fun. But you know, when you think about it, when all foods are just available for you, um, what's in your home, nothing's off limits to you. You can start playing around and just like having that enjoyment factor of like being your own little top chef in your house and making your meals taste different each time that you eat them. So I think that from the perspective of can these two ideas or concepts like live together in harmony, I think the the answer is person dependent. If that setting aside that time will help you feel less stressed throughout the week, then a hundred percent. If the idea of doing that like really freaks you out and it's like, no, I can't and I can't do it in a healthy or safe way, then maybe not yet. But personally, I believe that, you know, having that food available means I'm going to enjoy eating it more instead of like the days when like nothing is available to me and then... I just like get mad while I'm cooking because I'm like, I'm so hungry. I wish this was already made. (laughs) (laughs) The hanger sets in, right? (laughs) So bad. (laughs) Well, first and foremost, I have to say that I'm writing a note to submit this episode to air fryer to get compensation. (laughs) (laughs) I promise I did not plan everything to line up this perfectly, but I love that that we have this common thread and theme that we can bring throughout the episode. Best appliance like it really is and it it is because literally I baked a um a banana bread in it the other day it's on TikTok but like (laughs) within 20 minutes like a banana bread like a a personal one and it was delicious I don't ever need to turn on my oven again (laughs) all right well I'm gonna take a sledgehammer to my oven replace it with an air fryer and there we go go. (laughs) but uh, some of the things that you were talking about are very similar to what I encourage my clients to do again I do believe that it is person dependent right so maybe people who are listening to this they're like yes that strategy right now, I'm going to take it and implement it. Maybe for other people, the idea of preparing ahead still feels too diety or it feels triggering. And if that's the case, you can get there eventually, right? If that's part of the journey. But I think what I'm taking away from you and what I'm hoping other people are hearing as well 
is it's really preparing staples, if you will, in basic ways, and then having different uh, accoutrements, if you will, like a sauce Perfect. or <laughs> a cheese or something else to kind of throw on there that takes the same core combinations of foods, and then it makes it something entirely different. And I love that you brought in that idea, and then you get excited about it all over again, right? It's like, it gets me so excited to share that too, because it's so simple, but it makes such a difference, like such a difference. And like, like the lunch I just had, you know, actually not today because I ran out, but (laughs) the lunch I had yesterday, I'm looking at my empty bowl, but I had like Bonza cooked, right? Ready to go. This should be a plug for Bonza, but it's not. Um, (laughs) But you, we picture pasta, we only have to eat it hot, right? But if it's already cooked in your fridge, ready to go, putting it on a salad as your source of carbohydrate at that meal to give you that extra energy, making this pasta salad is like so delicious. And that can taste so different depending on your dressing, what other vegetables you chop into it. Do you want butter lettuce or arugula or a combination or whatever? It doesn't matter. But having all of that in there, like, it just completes that meal and it's done so quickly. Um, and it kind of lets lunch, especially for us work from home people, which we all are now, it <laughs> makes lunch easier um, and more fun. Like making it almost like you are getting takeout, um, but it's in, just in a different way. I remember when I was little, one of my favorite restaurants, I used to get this like, um, the, what are they? The pasta that's in the shape, the bow tie pasta. Uh-huh. It was like a boat of a pasta salad that had like salami and mozzarella. And I'm not Italian as you can tell. Um, <laughs> and like sun-dried tomatoes and whatever in it. And like recreating that for like a lunchtime, like how fun, you know, like you can do that. Yeah. For anyone who's listening who can't tell already, this is what Renna loves to talk about. She's like, I wish I wish we could have a, a visual of you right now. I don't typically release video. Just, you know, you're like jumping around, your hands are moving. You're like, I'm so excited about the hot pasta. I'm hungry again. And then the cold pasta. <laughs> like, such a good time. Well, something that you mentioned a couple of moments ago, which will kind of be our, our final food focus question here before we plug you and where people can find you. But you mentioned this idea, and I don't know if you said this is just kind of an analogy or or a metaphor, but you mentioned creating these lists of like, these are some foods that I might enjoy. These are some sauces that I might enjoy. I almost kind of envision as like the hit list of foods, right? It's like what gets taken off the list next. So I can imagine that creating these lists might be really helpful for someone who's listening saying, but how do I know what I enjoy? Like maybe food so long for me has not been fun. It has been a number and I'm stuck in this rut of it has to look this way. I can imagine a lot of people are wondering, well, how do I kind of reroute my mind? So I'm wondering, is creating the the list ever something that you recommend? Is that something that you encourage people to do or kind of how does that fit in? You know, it's amazing because I've actually never given that as homework and now I'm going to for my clients. Welcome. <laughs> I'm like, thank you for elevating my practice because it's such a great idea. And like, what I would say is on phone calls with clients or on connections or check-ins with my clients, we discuss like, what do you love? Like, yeah. what are, like, what on my initial assessment, like, what are your foods that you can't live without? 
What do you love? And what are foods that you really don't love? Because I'm never going to force you to eat them. You know, even though I think a hard boiled egg is like a great thing, like if you hate it, we're not eating it. Right. So, and I'm not going to like try and like trick you into liking it if you really don't. Right. Which is like, I feel like a very diet culture move um, because I've seen it done over and over again. But I think that really being okay with like, well, I love cheeseburgers awesome. Like let's make them and like, let's put them into your rotation so that you have the sensation of being happy while eating and being happy after eating and saying like, I loved this moment and I loved this meal. I loved the way it tasted. I loved the conversation I had while I was eating it. I loved actually preparing it instead of ordering it, even though maybe you could order it also, that's never off the table, but you know, bringing what you love into your life and like a healthy relationshipy way <laughs> um, I think is just a really important thing so that like for me personally like I love ice cream I'm never going to make my own but it's always going to be available for me right and so yeah. really having the understanding of the foods that matter to you and why and I think another thing that now I could really give as some homework is like what if anybody listening you made your list of the foods that you love and then next to it you wrote down why And like, you know, for me, ice cream is my dad or ketchup is my grandpa. And I love um, wraps. Like my mom used to make wraps like once a week for dinner. And it was my favorite dinner in high school. So like wraps would be mom, you know, and like just reminding yourself like where the connection to food and emotion came from for you. I think that would be a cool thing. Should we invent this right now? (laughs) (laughs) All right. For anyone who's listening, do not steal. Write a workbook. It's going to be awesome. (laughs) It's going to be so great. So let me just like put that into action before this gets released. (laughs) We got about a month or a month and a half. We can uh, work on that. It'll be great. So important as well, kind of coming back full circle to, the one-dimensional view of food from diet culture where it is this way it's very militaristic where now it's you know who does this remind me of or how does this make me feel or what does make me love or enjoy a certain food so that's really how we kind of rewire our brains I feel like to love food and to have fun with it and to enjoy it is not only to have the food available and to try these new things, but is also to replace that narrative of numbers, macros, it must be this way with, oh my gosh, ketchup and my grandpa, (laughs) (laughs) whatever those things are. I think that's a a really cool and a unique way to look at it. So I have to say here, this has probably been one of the episodes that I have recorded where we've given, I feel like the most tactical things for anyone to go and do. I'm really, really happy and grateful that you've shared everything that you've had, but I am am really thinking that people who are listening, if they don't already know you, they're probably already on their phones being like, where can I find this girl? The ketchup lover. (laughs) The ketchup ketchup and ice cream, not together, (laughs) who's to say? But would you take a a moment to tell us where we can find you, plug the podcast that's about to be released, all of the things where people can connect with you? Can I make you laugh first about the ketchup real quick? (laughs) So when I was little, I just literally remember my grandpa, may he rest in peace. It was like a delicacy to him. And I'm wondering if it was like what 
toilet paper is going to be for us after <laughs> COVID-19. Maybe it was part of like a war that he fought in. I don't know. But anyways, it was like so precious to him that after we would finish eating our meals, like if we didn't finish the ketchup on our plate, like he would literally either eat it himself or like scrape it back into the bottle. <laughs> And like I grew up, like ketchup is a delicacy. And I just remember going grocery shopping for like the first time by myself, like in college, and being like, this is like a dollar ninety-nine. Like, why were we saving this? <laughs> like it was just one of those things. But I had a client once ask me, like, you know, what ketchup should I buy? Like, what's the healthiest ketchup? And I'm like, Heinz. And she's like, No, it's not. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like ketchup. Heinz. Like there is no other ketchup. And like, don't ask me that question about healthy and condiments and no, like yeah. eat what you love. Okay. Heinz so, 57. Anyway. Air fryers, <laughs> Heinz 57, Bonza pasta. That's who we're going to send this episode to. <laughs> but anyways, um, so my name is Jenna. Thank you so much for having me on Instagram. I am happy, strong, healthy.rd because happy, strong, healthy was taken. Um, I am the same on TikTok. HappyStrongHealthy.rd and my website is HappyStrongHealthyRD.com. You can find me in all of those places. You can email me at Jenna at that at the end um, to HappyStrongHealthyRD.com. And just thank you so much. If we could inspire one person to just enjoy that prepping time or preparation time, we can come up with a better yeah. name for it maybe together or just enjoy a meal with cold pasta again. That would be all I need. Um, so thank you for having me. Of course. It was a blast having you here on the show. I feel like my cheeks are honestly hurting from oh, all the smiling. the smiling and the laughing I've been doing. So hopefully <laughs> people can hear this was a joyous episode, but yes, please check her out. Also your podcast. Oh, right. Tomorrow. Well, at the time that you guys hear this, it'll be launched. Um, we're launching Drunk Dietitians. Claire will be on it very soon. Maybe even by the time that we launch this, we'll probably talk about something relevant tomorrow. So we'll make that happen. Yeah. Um, and it is drunkdietitians.com to sign up for our newsletter, Drunk Dietitians on Instagram and Facebook. And we're super excited. We're talking about all things anti-diet and just having a little happy hour midday because why not, right? <laughs> <laughs> why not, right? Exactly. <laughs> I love it. Well, for anyone who is looking for another podcast to add to their metaphorical yeah. podcast shelf, go check out <laughs> Jenna and Sammy. I'm super excited to be on your show as well. But wait. my friends here on the Your Julie podcast, I'm looking at my microphone like all of my friends are in there, <laughs> although they friends. are not. Um, but thank you so much for tuning into our episode today. As always, like, love, and share the episode if you loved what Jenna had to say. And we will be back next week with another episode of the Yours Truly podcast. So for now, that is all. We will sign off. Yours truly, Jenna and Claire. Hey friends, just Claire here one more time to say thank you once again as we wrap up our episode here today for joining us, for tuning into our show. I'm really glad that you made it. Hopefully you're walking away with a couple of helpful tips about improving your relationship with food, bringing fun back into your food preparation ideas or strategies, or maybe if you walk away with nothing else, then the air fryer is a cool kitchen utensil and tool. I still don't have one myself, but Jenna really convinced me that maybe I can look into one of those because who wouldn't want all of the delicious crunchy foods? <laughs> 
But thank you again for being here as always. If you love what we share here on the podcast and you have a couple of extra moments to spare, please tap those five stars and leave us a review so the podcast can grow and reach more ears of individuals who could benefit from hearing its message. But that's all for this week. Thanks for being here. Stay safe, wash those hands, and we'll see you back here next week on the Your Shuli Podcast.